0: to Behind the Soundcheck, a podcast taking you backstage and behind the scenes with musicians and just generally people from all around the music industry. Tiana Speeder here back with you for another episode of Behind the Soundcheck. And today it's episode four of season two. To catch you up briefly, last episode I was joined by the incredible Jason Brown and Luke McDonald from Aussie icon Sunk Lodo, chatting, reunions, live shows and so much more The lads have just come off selling out multiple shows in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast. There's also Sydney and Melbourne still to come later this year, and there are some tickets still available for a second Melbourne show on Thursday the 24th of November. All other dates are sold out, so do get on that if you're in town. But as for today's episode, they may be a young band, but they play and sound like veterans. For anyone who recently went along to Monolith Festival in Brisbane, Sydney or Melbourne, you will already likely be familiar with the absolute behemoth that is Relica, a band operating out of Sydney who flex prog, beautiful chaos and more with their increasingly trademark flair. While they're not technically new on the scene, they really have been making significant waves in more recent times, and that is a trend only set to continue with Relica on the cusp of unveiling a third EP on Friday the 16th of September. I do not know how it's September already, but I digress. The EP is titled I Don't Know What I Am, and it journeys through some significantly heavier waters for the quartet, with some metalcore, rap, and some staggering soundscapes lying in wait. Don't believe me? Just check out the EP's lead single, Safety, featuring Sean from Make Them Suffer, to truly get a grasp on how ferociously beautiful this bunch are. Throughout their journey so far, Relica have shared stages with Seven Dust, North Lane, Caligula's Horse, Thornhill, and many, many others. And for a relatively young band, they're also sitting on multiple tracks, clocking over a million streams each on Spotify alone. And it is safe to say the future is extremely bright for Relica, as they continue to carve a path of innovation and badass metal. Joining me today on Behind the Soundcheck is none other than resident Relica vocalist Monique, aka Mon. Not just a powerhouse performer and incredible artist, Mon is seriously one of the loveliest people you will ever meet in your life. I stand by that fact. It's absolutely true, as you're about to find out. But without further ado, here is Mon from Relica chatting about the upcoming EP, inspiration, some creative thinking with a recent wardrobe malfunction, and more. Here we go. Well, I'm here with the incredible Monique from Relic Heart. Mon, I don't know where to start with you, like not even just in 2022, but like let's talk 2022 to start with. New EP on the horizon, multiple festival appearances, shows, singles, generally taking over the world, it seems. How are you feeling right now in this moment, particularly coming out of a bizarre couple of years in its wake?
1: Tiana, I'm excited. I'm just... I have a lot of pent up energy, I think. Um, and it's good that right now I get to let it out on stage. Um, it's been so cool. Um, playing one it feels like, yeah, everything feels like it's falling into place right now, which is really, um, special. And it's just a payoff moment. Um, we have been working really hard and it's, there are definitely still struggles behind it. It's, um, it's very overwhelming. Um, Mm. rarely at the moment do I get those moments of, um, just sitting back and letting it happen. Mm. I I feel very active in my own life right now. I can't be passive. And sometimes you need to be passive in order to recharge. Um, but I'll get there. (laughs) And, um, I'm learning a lot. I think that's one of the, one of the most exciting and important things is that I'm learning something new every day at the moment when it comes to Relica and the shows we're playing and the music we're writing and the music we're putting out um and our audience our fans like there's always just I'm compiling these little I'm like a magpie picking up bits of shiny things and like putting them in my little stash that's what's happening right now.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, you know, if you are that busy and you've got so much going on and you're not learning, it's not that it would be a waste. But like, good on you for actually utilizing it to just continually propel you forward. I mean, and like, like you kind of touched on. If it seems like it's perfect and everything's going flowingly to plan, there is that much hard work going on behind the scenes that no one gets to see. So it's yeah. like, it's admirable. But yeah, downtime's also my enemy. So maybe we can learn together somehow to get downtime. That could be yeah. our goal for the We'll rest- set
1: remind- yeah. send reminders to each other like, hey, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, Stop relax. Doing <laughs> <laughs> well, and obviously, a huge fixture in this year, aside from everything else, is the upcoming release of your new EP, I Don't Know What I Am like as soon as I read that I was like oh oh my god that's like the title of my life at the moment like it's such a universal title it is like it's so fitting but obviously it's quite a personal thing too but tell me when did the ideas for this kind of first spring to life like I know we don't like to talk talk about the pandemic but would you have released this year regardless like how long has this been in the works because it's not your first as we know Mm.
1: it's um it has been a little while in the making I mean I think that this EP sort of started coming to fruition somewhere around the 2020 to 2021 mark so yeah like we don't like to talk about the pandemic but that definitely was a factor in it mm. in its um fruition I suppose um it, it it I think that the reason that we're releasing it now yeah it does all come down to strategy really yeah. um and thankfully we're working with a team who can really help us navigate those those strategies and like help us form them down and lay down the groundwork for it. Um, some of the music that you're hearing on this EP dates back, you know, earlier than that, but I'm not talking in the sense that we've been sitting on it for so long. I'm just saying that the idea was kind of brewing for a little Mm. while. Um, and I mean, I mean, for example, like songs like second nature, they really started out so different and they've ended up here and I'm so glad where they've ended up, but, um, We've been working on this for quite some time, but I am, and there has been a lot of patience involved and wait, not, not quite waiting, but because there's always something to do, you know, you're never sitting idly by, but, um, a lot of patience involved. And at the end of the day, I think it's falling at a really good time. Um, so this makes sense. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that was, I mean, selfishly for me, when Safety came out, it was just before Monolith was starting. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to see it. And then you played even more new songs like in sets, like there's been more stuff kind of coming around and we've been seeing this, but you've also been really creative with how you've done like the Sean feature in live setting as well. Like you've been so creative with that. And tell me with with Sean on Safety, like how did that actually come to be? Because it seems like a really, really perfect mix in it, but obviously to it, seeing you guys really develop outside of maybe what people had heard from Malika in the past.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that that was kind of the exact goal. I think that you've pretty much hit the nail on the head because we have, I mean, sitting on that song as a bit more of a traditional like Metalcore, heavy, like the, the quote unquote heavy track on the, on the EP, um, we have a certain arsenal of skills and tools and like sounds as a band. um, and we kind of knew that we wanted to branch out from that arsenal and um, yeah, sort of like pick pick apart from um like yeah, other people's sounds and like mm. sort of uh, yeah, just expand in our expand our horizon a little bit. and uh, it made a lot of sense for that song to have a feature. And once we kind of had that idea, once we planted the seed during the writing process of, okay, we could have a feature on this track. That would be great. Um, I started writing with that in mind. And I think that that's what's pretty cool is because we didn't, we knew that if we were going to have a feature, we didn't want to just make it a, um, like they drop in for a verse and then they tap out kind of thing. We kind of wanted to take a more integrated approach. So um, that's you know the logic behind starting with verse one, like bam, there's Sean. He's got a few little ad libs throughout the choruses, and then like there's the breakdown. And um mm. yeah, it's um it's a little bit of a sort of unconventional way to do a, a feature, but it made so much sense. And Sean really was the perfect ingredient to all of this. Um, we couldn't have really picked anyone better, honestly. Mm. He, he really nailed it, and especially he's close to home too. I mean, he lives on the other side of the bloody country, but like, <laughs> um, it, it, close to home in the sense that, uh, he's not that far away. If we do hopefully get to, um, tee up something would make them suffer in the future. That would be so cool for safety and stuff like that. So
0: it's, totally, it's like a no brainer for a show already. And like, please let me be invited to that. When it happens, I will be always, there. <laughs> when on the door for all shows. <laughs> oh, bless your soul. But I know too, like, like I said, I feel like with some people I've spoken to, they're like, it's not that it's your first EP, but a lot of people have been aware of you guys, but it's kind of like everyone's now caught on. And like, suddenly it's like the best kept secret is like out in the world. Has your writing and all of this like really dramatically changed this time around? Like, did you guys actually go in trying to push yourselves and get outside your comfort zones? Or did this just naturally organically flow when you got all got in the room together?
1: I mean, I think there's a little bit of both, but I think we lean more towards the Actively trying to do something here. Um, I mean, it's it's all in the name, really. That I don't know what I am. We have known for a long time, and like, like sort of ever since we started releasing music that people were hearing and responding to, um, whether online or at shows or whatever. There's always been this recurring theme of like, what are you? You know, like what? I don't know where to place you. I don't know if you're prog. I don't know if you're metalcore. I don't know if you're this, that, the other. Um, so we kind of wanted to play with that idea a little bit, and um, we all, I think, as individual writers, had something new to take to put down this time around. Um, for me, that was me writing from a personal perspective as opposed to kind of a little bit more narrative based. And in the past, that narrative based thing hasn't been an intentional thing; it's been more of a natural progression, like you said. Um, it's just how I wrote comfortably, you know. Mm. I um. I'm an English major. I, I I write pretty frequently. Um that's something that sort of felt like it's kind of what I know. It was in my comfort zone. But I knew that this time I was like, look, I've got a lot to say. Uh I think I do, you know, like the self-doubting in me was like, you got nothing, you're <laughs> a speck. Um, but I I wanted to kind of tap into that and look introspectively and say, okay, um, how do people do this? How do like, cause the musicians that I look up to, um, and listen to on a daily basis, they're talking about these real intense issues that happen to them and people around them and the people they love and stuff. So I was like, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think I really pushed myself to get there and it's cool because I think it was kind of an exponential flow. Once I got past that initial hurdle of like, okay, that's how you do it and this is how it feels to write from a personal place. It sort of went faster and faster like a tap Um, and the rest of the songs were just pumped out. So um, it was really interesting in that way um, to kind of look not only personally but us as musicians figure ourselves out um, Mm. and use this EP as an opportunity to explore who and what we are and our place within this wider industry, the world even. Yeah. Um. It was cool. It it's very um personal, I think, and that was that was an active effort.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, so many people, when you read lyrics, like I'm one of these people. It's really bad. Like, I have to listen to stuff a few times because I listen to the music first. Like, I can't help it. I go to that. No, I do that actually. Oh, oh, thank God, it's not just me. Of but, course, of course. You, there's yeah. different levels to listening. They're definitely. Yeah. And then it's like what you said, you're something like, oh, wow, this is actually a really personal, really intimate, vulnerable song. And I'm like, I'm the same. Like I am so guarded and I'm like, I don't want anyone to know anything about me. And I don't want to like say anything too much, but with the way you've done it, like it's such like the floodgates clearly opened, like you said, and it's something so natural, but it also doesn't feel like this, you know, dear diary moment. Like it's something so authentic. And at the same time I I heard songs and I'm like, Oh my God, she's singing about what I'm feeling like somehow oh, it comes so into cool. it. So I, I've always <laughs> wanted that
1: experience, Tiana. I've always mm. wanted to be able to talk to people and have them be like, that means something to me. Yeah. And I'm like, the fact that I have that platform to be able to communicate in that way, it's like, I didn't want to, I really didn't want to take that for granted. I never want to take mm. that for granted. So um, the fact that there are hopefully going to be people that can relate on that level. And again, like I never wanted it to be in a dear diary sense either. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's, it's tricky to find that balance between this just sounds like an accessible song on first listen. And then it's like, okay, but what does this actually mean? Um, and there is a lot of self-criticism behind it, you know, like, oh, this is so sappy. Like this is so cheesy, like, so, um, just embarrassing. I just felt, you know, embarrassed to have my own voice out there. Um, But there's always going to be a critic or two. Um, And at the end of the day, it really is a a good representation of where I'm at right now. Um, So I I feel proud of it, whether or not it's received well, I think.
0: And as you should, and like everyone I've spoken to, anyone who's listened, like um, from like the most staunch, you know, metal heads to (laughs) people like pop. You guys are so malleable and I think that's what's really perfect with this EP is that there's such a meeting point for so many people. I hate genre labels and I love when I can't describe a band with one genre. So thank you for giving me that. I like I, it that's, too. That's my favorite thing.
1: <laughs> I'm so, I'm so glad. I think that our music really, um, uh, just jumping back to how you said that you sort of like we listen in layers, right? I think that our music and this EP in particular, like I think it services that style of listening pretty well. Yes. Because I think for a lot of people, they're going to listen to the first layer. I guess you could say they're going to listen for the first time. And going to, they're just going to go, what is this? Like whether they love it or they hate it or I don't know what to think, they're going to be like, what is this? So it's going to, promote encourage hopefully a second listen Mm -hmm. and a third and a fourth and a fifth so um at least that's how I process even my own music you know um I feel like I discover something new um most times like every time I I listen to it um which is really cool um the fact that you can discover something about your own music um even after it's been written and processed and done um science still delivered I think that that's really Something that we we aim to achieve and hope to
0: keep achieving in the future. Well, I think based on your track record, I think it's very safe to say it's going to continue into the oh, future. <laughs> so, thank you. And I know you've had so many shows. Like I touched on at the start, like and not just this year, you've had like your touring stuff is just ridiculous. I think the first time I saw you was in Sydney a couple of years back as well. You're, I think it was with Glass Ocean from Memory. Remember, ma- oh no, Evan Ivory. Glass. Uh, yeah, that's it. We, yeah, we, we, I think some of the it. glass ocean guys are there and they all just, I just get everyone confused, but <laughs> no. like from that moment, like you walked on stage in this room and sitting and it was just like all eyes were on, like everyone's jaw dropped. They're like, what is this? I love it. But tell me oh, so what nice. is for you like a standout live moment that sticks out? I know you've had a lot, but does one spring to mind, like whether it was amazing, whether it was bad, whether it was hilarious, like, is there something that you just absolutely will never forget? <laughs> Well,
1: can I tell you about something that happened in Melbourne the other day? Hit me. <laughs> this is—I could have answered this in a positive way, but I'm going to answer it in a pretty ridiculous, embarrassing way.
0: I love it already because I'm I, sure it won't be that embarrassing.
1: I um am in the okay. So here's what happened: the set was going amazingly. The crowd was bigger than we've really ever had I think that was probably we were sort of debating about it after the set but I think we all sort of landed on the consensus that that was probably the biggest crowd we played to um which was fantastic and we really did even now I can say we did have a great set I think that we played really well and I'm really proud of us but in uh second like I think the second last song at the beginning of The Ritualist we were playing um I, I did like a bit of a um I don't know, like a kick or something, some kind of movement. And (laughs) I noticed a bit of a breeze that I it felt nice because I was really (laughs) hot. And I was like, oh, what's that? That's nice breeze. (laughs) Turns out that that wasn't a good breeze because I ripped my pants. Um, I was wearing God, the best pants to rip too. I was wearing like leather pants. They weren't weren't real leather, of course, but like they were um, you know, like pretty tight um pants. And yeah, so they ripped right in the butt. (laughs) (laughs) And um I kind of just I I kept I kept going, you know, that's what you do. The show must go on.
0: Absolute professional.
1: Yeah, you have to. And but I you know, I move a lot in in our sets. So I I turn around, I do whatnot. And every time I caught myself going to like turn around I had to like oh (laughs) no so you I don't know I don't think it was no being like completely lack of criticism for myself I don't think it was noticeable to anyone who didn't know but for me I kind of like jammed up a bit and I got a lot more rigid and less movement happening then at the end of that song like when I stopped singing I like kind of did this waddle off the, the stage <laughs> and there were these two poor crew guys um shout out to them wherever they are um I didn't I don't think I quite caught their names and I'm just going gaff tape gaff tape because <laughs> we still have one song to go and it was one of the bouncier ones so um some guy was like oh okay yeah and he gas ta- gas takes my butt Um, it immediately fell off naturally.
0: Um (laughs) Red Hot go though. Yeah, we gave it
1: a go. And yeah, I just went the rest of the set making sure that I didn't expose myself and then I had to run off and change after. Um so I suppose that's a very significant moment that I'm not gonna forget, especially since it was the biggest crowd we played to so
0: far. Of course that's when it would happen though, right? But I know I feel like it's a rite of passage. Everyone has to have a story like this and like the amount of people I've spoken to, like their first big support, like they fell off stage first, first song, like all of this stuff, like it has to happen and you handled it beautifully, might I add. So Thank you. Um, is all good things I feel. And also it's probably something that would happen to me. So I'm with you. I'm with
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly, when it happened, I'm just like, of course, honestly, yeah. like trust me, but um, no, I, it definitely builds character. It, it builds does. Character and um, I, I, I'm still, yeah, I st- I'm still stoked with the show, so yeah. I mean, we ended up pretty good. It was, it was pretty good.
0: Well, by all accounts, like not just that, like all across the board, you are an incredible problem solver. You're an incredible planner. And I feel like it's just going to be, you know, it's, there's always going to be things that happen, but no matter what happens next, there is just so much goodness, even in the short-term future with, I don't know what I am. I can't speak higher enough of the EP. Like I've been blasting it far too much. Like it's becoming a problem. So I'm just happy to be out in the world soon on Spotify so I can have it on my gym playlist and you know pretend to lift weights. But thank you so much for it. And I absolutely cannot wait to see what happens for you in 2022 and beyond. There's big things ahead. Thank you, Tiana. I'm so stoked with everything that you just said. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, can't, I can't wait for it too. I can't wait for people to it. yes. And it's not long now. I don't know why. I am. It's out Friday, September 16th. And on, thank you for joining me. Thank you. Pleasure's online. mine. A massive thank you to Monique for joining me for today's episode. And if you are in Perth, you can actually catch Relica live in action on Friday the 16th of September for the final leg of the Monolith Festival. And as luck would have it, that's the exact same day that Relica's brand new EP releases. I'm pretty sure they'll be on a plane when it officially drops into the world, so be sure to show them some love if you do head along to that festival on the day. For more Relica info, head to today's episode show notes and be sure to check out I Don't Know What I Am out Friday the 16th of September. A huge thank you as always to the almighty Osaka Punch. Behind the Soundchecks theme song is courtesy of those very talented gentlemen. The track is called Hall of Shame and you can check out more Osaka Punch goodness over at www.osakapunch.com. Thank you for tuning in today. As regular listeners will know, season two is a bit more of a casual affair. Episodes drop sporadically, not weekly, but be sure to keep your ears and eyes out for more Behind the Soundcheck fun in the not too distant future. That is it from me today. If you can, go out and maybe catch some live music this weekend, buy a band shirt, or maybe just tell your favourite band or artist that you love them. But in the meantime, I'll catch you next time.